Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. We did a we did a, um, a leadership development event earlier this year in, in January, and we had you know the, our, all of our serve team leaders were there, and we we did I'm not having six sessions or so five or six sessions, and uh, it, and my wife took a session and we sent out a survey at the end of it asking the question who did you most connect with out of all the speakers and my wife like above and beyond everybody else. It was, I looked at the graph and it was like, you know, I was like, okay, well, I guess the, the people have spoken. All right, well, praise God. No, I love hearing from Brian. She does such a great job. Praise God. Um, I want to invite you to take your Bibles this morning and you may turn them to two openings, John chapter 16 and Romans chapter eight. We began a series last week that I am very excited to continue this week because I think it's one of the most felt needs in the lives of people. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't preach just to, just to scratch itches, if that, if that makes sense. We don't, we don't preach just to try to make people happy. However, when we get onto a subject that the Lord is leading us in, and it also happens to be one of those things that people really, really need to hear, uh, I love that. I love it when, when things just align that way. So we began a, a series last week called Follow the Leader, and it's all about how we're led by the Spirit of God into the plan and the purpose that God has for us. Uh, I believe that that is God's very best when we can be led by Him, led by His Spirit into all that He has for us. Amen. So how many of you would say that, like, there, the times in my life when I know that I've been following God have been the most, the times when I've had the most security, the times when I've had the most, the greatest faith in my life, where I've sensed the grace of God in the strongest, where, I, where I've been, uh, you know, I have his joy and his peace working in my life. Doesn't mean your flesh is always comfortable, but uh, on the inside, you know for certain, man, I'm following after the will of God. What a joy. Isn't it a joy? Amen. So if you would turn to John chapter 16 and Romans chapter 8, and uh, I, I want to lead us in our confession that we make each week, that we declare over our lives together, and then we'll read these verses and I'll pray and we'll, we'll jump into it. But if you can see this on the screens here in the house, if you're watching online, you'll see this on your screen as well. Let's declare this confession out loud over our hearts. Thank you, Father, that today the eyes of my heart see you the ears of my heart hear you. My heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today, I am growing in the things of God. Amen. Let's read John chapter 16, verse 13. I'm reading from the New King James this morning. John chapter 16, verse 13 reads, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, 
and he will tell you things to come. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Everybody say guide you. Romans 8 verse 14, again from the New King James says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Everybody say, that's me. Amen. You believe you're being led by God this morning? I do too. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for another opportunity to come and receive your word this morning. Lord, we thank you. That the Bible says the entrance of your word gives light. That the entrance of your word brings revelation and truth to our hearts. That it answers questions. That it clears out cobwebs of confusion. That it builds within us a system of belief about who you are. Thank you that as we dive into the word today, we'll discover things about your character, about your nature, about your plan for us. Lord, you'll help us today by your spirit to learn and understand, to grow, to be stretched and to be changed, to be challenged in your word this morning. We give you praise and thanksgiving for these things. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe it, say amen. Amen. So quickly, I want to review from last Sunday the things, the kind of the big points that I covered uh, in introducing this, co- this topic and this concept, and then we'll jump into some points for this week. Okay, from from both these passages. Last Sunday, we said this. God has a will, right? We established that from Scripture. God has a will. He has a desire. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a pursuit. There's an order to which he wants things done. Amen. How many of you realize you have a will too, right? How, How about this one? The devil has a will. Yeah? And his will is diametrically opposed to God. God wants your best. The devil wants your worst. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the scripture says, right? So God has a will. Number two, God's will is good. Amen. Aren't you glad God's will is good? Amen. You know, so many people, they grow up with this notion of God as being this angry old, kind of crotchety old man sitting on a big chair in heaven with this you know, thunderbolts in his, in his right hand and a baseball bat in his left hand. And he's just, he's just angry. You know, he's got a very large beard and he's just sitting in heaven, just ticked off, you know, just waiting for you to mess up so that he has a reason to smite you. Did you ever watch that movie, Bruce Almighty? Where he says, smite me, oh mighty smiter. Do you remember, anybody else remember that? Okay, yeah. Sometimes we grow up with this idea that God is this angry old man in heaven that just can't wait to smite us and to knock us down and w- when we fall. But the Bible indicates a, a nature of God that is completely contrary to that. That when you fall, God's not waiting to hold you down. He's waiting to lift you up. So God has a will, number one. Number two, God's will is good. Number three, the Holy Spirit is the revealer of God's will for us. We said that he is actively trying to lead us into the will of God. And then the last big point that I made last week was that you can be led by God. And I hope that that came as such a word of encouragement that you can actually be led by God. I think so many of us, without saying it, we believe that we can't be led by God. I'm too stubborn. I don't know how to hear God. I pray, but nothing happens. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that God's will can ever come to pass in my life. I just don't know. It's just for, that's for other people with superhero faith, not for me. 
You ever felt that way before? You see, the real trick to following God is that you just simply have to be leadable. <laughs> you have to be leadable. Amen? How many of you with parents, or, or how many of you are parents with kids? All of us are with parents this morning. So. <laughs> if you weren't with parents, you wouldn't be here. Okay. Um, how many of you that are parents with children have recognized that it is so much easier for the child when they are willing to be lead, led? It's so much easier for the kid. The kid sometimes doesn't realize how much easier it's going to be if you'll just listen to mom and dad. Right? Y'all been there before. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Amen. <laughs> No, it's so much easier. The real trick to us being led by God is simply that we be leadable, be teachable, be correctable. The Bible says, and we looked at this last week, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Guess what? You don't know everything. Amen. If you're married, you know that you don't know everything. That's right. Now, we made this very important last week, this very important point last week, that it is the Spirit of God who is desiring to lead us. It's the Spirit of God who is the leader. We titled, we titled this series, Follow the Leader, and who's the leader in the series? It's the Spirit of God. So when we talk about God leading us, we're specifically talking about the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and that's according to the Scripture. That's according to the words, the verses that we've read. We said last week that it's not my emotions, it's not my past experiences. It's a, it's a long list of things that, it, that are not supposed to be leading us, right? Our emotions are the big one. Can't be led by your emotions. Oh, they're such wonderful servants, but they're terrible masters, right? Now, the quicker we can come to terms with the reality that it is the Holy Spirit who is trying to lead us into God's will, the less afraid we will be when the Holy Spirit begins to show up in our lives. Let me say that again. The quicker we can come to terms with the reality that it's the Holy Spirit who's trying to lead us into God's will, the less afraid we'll be when the Holy Spirit actually begins to show up in our lives. Oftentimes, we've been taught to fear the Holy Spirit when he moves, or at the very least, to not like it. I don't like when God moves. It's weird. It's uncontained. I don't, it doesn't fit my mold. I don't, I don't know. What do you mean you raise my hands when I'm worshiping? You know, there's, all, there's all, all kinds of different patterns and preferences that we grow up with. And sometimes our patterns and our preferences have been shaped to not include the Holy Spirit. And so when God does start to lead us, when the Spirit of God asks us to step out in faith in some way that doesn't line up with our preference, we get really uncomfortable and nervous. But the sooner you can come to terms, the sooner I can come to terms with the reality that it's actually God, by his spirit, trying to lead us into his good plan for our lives, we'll get less and less afraid when the Holy Spirit actually does start to show up in our lives. So where is the Holy Spirit wanting to lead you? Where is he wanting to lead me this morning? Well, we read John chapter 16, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you and guide you into all the truth. Let's start there. I mean, obviously, he wants to lead us into the will of God, but more specifically, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you and I into a place called the truth. <laughs> now, this is a word that is under attack these days in our culture, isn't it? Yeah, we got your truth, my truth, her truth, his truth. Everybody's got a truth. Which one of them's the truth? 
Out of all the truths that everybody seems to have, you know, you hear this all the time. Well, brother, just follow your truth. Well, you got to follow your truth. I'm going to follow my truth. You're going to follow your truth. Okay, well, out of all the truths, which one's the truth? Right? right? (laughs) Amen. So John says here, and Jesus is speaking in this passage, he's speaking to the disciples. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you, he will guide you into all the truth. This is this destination that the Lord wants to bring us to, a place called the truth. So let's break that down together. How do we understand what Jesus means when he uses the word truth? I'm going to give you three big ideas today on truth. Three three kind of big ideas. First one, truth in the natural, earthly sense of the word truth. It can be defined this way, the exact and precise nature of reality. It's probably the best definition for truth that I ever heard in my life. I was listening to a preacher one time. He was preaching on vision, and he talked about the truth, and he gave that as as a definition of truth, and I thought, that is so good. The exact and precise nature of reality. In an earthly, natural sense, truth is the exact and precise nature of reality. There was a German philosopher in the turn of the century named Arthur Schopenhauer, and he said these words. All truth passes through three stages. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it's violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. Let me read that to you one more time because it makes a great point. All truth passes through three stages. First, it's ridiculed. Secondly, it's violently opposed. Thirdly, it's accepted as being self-evident. Amen. (laughs) It's accepted as being self-evident evident. Truth is self-evident. I'm going to kick those things over later, so it's okay. (laughs) Truth is self-evident. Hey, Dan, are you in the room right now? I believe so. How do I know? You're here. Physically. You're (laughs) self-evident. I don't have to go look. I mean, it's a serious point. I don't have to go look for for some, you know, definition or a greater understanding to determine whether or not Dan is in the room right now. Why? He is self-evident. He's right here. Listen to what St. Augustine said about the truth. He said, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose and it'll defend itself. (laughs) It's so good. Some old timers knew something, man. St. Augustine. You don't have to defend the truth. Let it loose and it'll defend itself, right? Have you ever heard something that was sort of dancing around the truth but wasn't quite the truth? Like it was 90% or 80% of the way there, but there was still some part of it that was just a little off. It's utterly unsatisfactory and unsatisfying. Why? Because it's not reality. Something doesn't have to be a blatant lie for it not to be reality. It can be subtle. I was recently listening to a conversation between two people talk about something that I knew that they both knew was not the truth. But they were having this long, lengthy conversation about it. And I was like, this is the biggest load of you know what. Because it wasn't, it was, it was dancing all around the truth, but it was never coming to the truth. Something doesn't have to be blatant as a lie for it not to be reality. It can be subtle. But here's the promise that the Holy Spirit leads me into the truth. 
He leads me into that which is the nature of reality. Now think about how practical this idea is that the Holy Spirit would lead us into perfect truth. We're still talking about the natural definition for truth, by the way. I got two more. Think about how practical this is when it comes time to make decisions. That if it's not purely the truth that I'm following, if it's a little bit shady, it ain't God. Because where does the Holy Spirit lead us? Where does the spirit of truth lead us? He leads us into the truth, the full truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. See, this becomes uber practical when you start to think about it in terms of making a decision. Oh, if it's just a tiny bit, if it's a shade off, it ain't God. Can't be. Think about it. It can't be. If it's a shade off, it can't be God because he leads us into the truth. The old timers, the old Pentecostals used to say it this way. If it ain't quite, it ain't right. Anybody ever heard that before? Boy, if it ain't quite, it ain't right. Well, is that right? Well, not quite. Okay, then it ain't right. So from a natural perspective, in a natural earthly sense, truth is the exact and precise nature of reality, what's real. In a doctrinal belief perspective, in a doctrinal sense, truth is very simply God's word. If you were to flip a few pages forward in the book of John, Jesus prays this prayer, sanctify them by your truth for your word is truth. Now I'm going to talk about that, so I'm not going to camp there right now. But in a doctrinal sense, in a sense of what we believe, God's word is truth. See, we're defining truth this morning. Are you all with me? We say the Holy Spirit's leading us in the truth, so let's define what that looks like. What's that destination look like? Looks like the exact nature of reality in a natural sense. Looks like the word of God in a doctrinal or a belief sense. And then number three, in a supernatural or heavenly sense, Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You remember John 14, 6? I'm the truth. Look at how John 16, where we read, continues. Go back to John 16, 13. Let's read that verse and the two following verses. Or just the, the following verse. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says, the Holy Spirit when he comes is going to lead you and guide you into all truth. He's going to glorify me. What's he saying? Jesus is saying he is the truth. He's the very nature, the very essence of truth. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 that, that, that we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. You see, Jesus is full. That's all you're going to find when you get to Jesus is the truth. You know, there's no lie in him. The scripture says there's no shadow of turning in him. There's no, there's no shadow. There's no dark place. He is pure light. 
He is pure truth. So, so here's the big point, okay? Everything that you need is already in the heart of God. It's already in the heart of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is trying to lead you there to this destination called the truth. This is, this is the big point, man. If you, if you don't get anything else that I said today, just at least get this part. When we talk about the Holy Spirit leading us into the truth, we're talking about him leading us into that which is the exact reality in our lives, whatever is objectively true, as well as leading us deeper into a relationship with the person of Jesus, as well as unfolding and revealing his word to us. When we understand that the Holy Spirit's leading us into the truth, he's leading us into those three places. That which is intrinsically, objectively true, there's no lie in it. That which is rooted in the word of God and that which is found in the personal interaction with the person of Jesus Christ. Now this point about his word being the destination of truth that he leads us to, this is where I want to spend the remainder of our time today. Are you guys okay this morning? Everybody following me? All right, good. Love it. So how does the Holy Spirit lead us? We're going to talk about We're going to talk about two things over the coming weeks, two different distinct ways that the Lord leads us, okay? Let me me cover, let me make sure we're all on the same page here thus far. It's the Holy Spirit leading us into the will of God, okay? He's leading us into the truth, okay? Now, how does he do that? Two ways that he does that. Number one, the first and primary place that the Holy Spirit leads us is from the word of God. We're going to spend the rest of the day today talking about that. And then in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about number two way that the Holy Spirit leads us is through the inward witness of the Holy Spirit within every believer. Okay? Now, I don't have time to talk about that today because if I did, we'd, I'd be preaching for six, six or seven hours, and that would be more than you can handle. Don't worry. I can go that long. Okay? Just ask my wife. I love to talk. But we're going to talk about the first and primary place that the Holy Spirit leads us from. It's from his word. God leads us from his word. When I I find somebody, when somebody comes to me, as people do, Pastor, I wish I could hear from God. I wish I could hear the Lord's voice. I want to know what is God saying. I need to know. I've got to make decisions. Pray for me, Pastor, that I would have some wisdom. When I find somebody that's really, really, truly struggling to hear the voice of God, nine times out of ten, I've uncovered a person that has a very shallow relationship with their Bible. Okay? Someone that has a very shallow relationship with their Bible. Oftentimes, we convince ourselves that we don't need to engage in the Scripture, but that what we need is something beyond that. Anybody besides me ever been there? Well, I just need to hear God. I don't know. I don't need to read the word. I, I mean, yeah, I've got a Bible. I know what it says. Come on, man. John 3, 16. I, I need to hear God about making this decision. Oftentimes, we convince ourselves into thinking that we need something more. And here's the reality. There is more. God will talk to you. His spirit will speak to your spirit. But it starts here. 
It's like my kids that want dessert before they finish their dinner. Right? Dad, I want the brownie. I want the cupcake. I want the ice cream. I want the cake. I want the candy. I want the whatever. Yeah, but you need to eat that pork chop I made you. You need to eat the broccoli. You need to eat the sweet potatoes. I think it sounds pretty good. I'll give you the brownie, but start with what I already gave you. God will never lead you into something beyond what he already gave you that you don't take advantage of. <laughs> Let me say it again for the people in the balcony. God will never lead you into something beyond what he already gave you that you don't take advantage of. The most sure way to hear what God is saying is by dwelling on what he already said. The most sure way to hear what God is saying is to dwell on what he already said. Why? Because what he already said is still speaking. What he already said will always be the entry point into what he is still speaking. We must be people that rehearse the word. I was walking around the track at the gym this week on one of my gym days. And man, I was having a time with the Lord. I'm telling you what, I had my AirPods in. I was listening to some music and I was meditating on the scriptures. And I was, I mean, I'm walking in circles on purpose because I want you to see how easy it is to walk with God. Oh Lord. Oh my gosh, Lord, I'm so thankful this morning. I was dwelling on 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. And this is what it says. It says that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so I was walking around that track, and I was saying, Lord, today I'm so thankful for the grace of the Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm receptive. I'm putting myself in a place today to receive your grace Oh, man, your grace is so good. Jesus, thank you for your grace. And Lord, this Father, God, I, I appreciate and I'm thankful for your love this morning. I'm so thankful for your love. I'm, I'm dwelling on your love and getting to work out at the same time. And Holy Spirit, I'm thankful for your communion and your fellowship today. You want to fellowship with my heart today. Lord, I want my heart to be open, Holy Spirit, so that you can fellowship with me and I can fellowship with you. And before you know it, you've gone a mile and a half and you've meditated on the word of God. You've rehearsed the word of God. You better believe you're going to start hearing him speak to you when you live like that. It's not a mystery. We have so many Christians that are going from conference to conference looking for prophetic word after another prophetic word after another prophetic word, having conversation after conversation after conversation. I just don't know what to think. Scrolling Instagram, influencer after influencer after influencer. Somebody tell me how to get my marriage back on track. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Thank you that today, thank you that today, if I'll, listen, if I'll listen to your voice, if I won't harden my heart, that you'll lead me into your perfect peace. All you got to do, what do you think Adam did in the garden with God? That's all they did. They just walked together. I was at a conference not too long ago, 
And um, it, it rocked, I mean, this rocked my world. I was praying, Marshall and I, Marshall and I went down to, to Winston. We went to a men's conference. It was fun. And, and while I was in that conference, I was asking the Lord, say, Lord, what is it that you want from me? Lord, what do you want from me? And the answer I got was so simple that it almost hurt my feelings. He said, I want you to walk with me. Man. You want to talk about getting... This microphone is having a hard time this morning. You want to talk about cutting to the quick, man. I want you to walk with me. How do I walk with him? How does he lead me? Just get in his word. Take one thing and stay on it till you hear him speaking. Take one chapter, take one verse, meditate in it. Come on, I'll be at the rec center a couple days a week. You can join me if you want. I'll be walking around that track just talking to the Lord and listening. We need to be the people that rehearse God's word. Don't just do it once. Don't just do it once. How, how many of you ever had your bodies nourished on one meal a week? Or for those who only spend time with God at church on Sunday, one snack a week? What if I gave you a bag of peanuts and said, all right, let that last you for this whole week. Enjoy. You'd look at me like I was crazy. Yet we do that with God all the time. Oh, his word, his whole, the whole counsel of his thoughts is printed on a page and you got nine copies of it in your house and 48 translations of it on your phone and you still can't find time to hear God. Something's wrong. There are so many things we could say about the word of God this morning. Oh, help me, Jesus. Okay, I want to make just a few points if I can in the last few minutes. I want to make a few points on how God's word fits into this subject matter of us being led by his spirit, right? We're, what's the title of this series? Follow the leader, okay? So how does God's word, if his word is the first place that he talks to us, if it's the primary place that he speaks to us, how does that factor in to his leading us? I want to give you five things, about five truths about the word that you can think about. Number one, the word of God is perfect truth. Now we've already established that, but I want to give you a couple scriptures that really drive that home. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse 28 says, and now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are true. And you have promised this goodness to your servant. And now, O Lord God, you are God, your words are true. And you've promised this goodness to your servant. Psalm 13, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Psalms 13, 6. Your, uh, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace. Isn't that amazing? So the word of God is perfect truth. Number two, the word of God is directional. So we're talking about how to be led by the spirit. The word of God is directional. 
The Holy Spirit wants to speak out of the word to your heart to tell you what direction to go. Psalm 119, verse 105. You'll know this verse without even looking. Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You say, but Pastor Josh, how is the word of God directional for me? My name's not printed in the Bible. Maybe you're not like me and you don't have a book of the Bible named after you. Ha ha, ba, ba, da, I can't be in the drums and here at the same time or else I would do a little, but I, psh. <laughs> No, maybe, maybe you don't see your, your, your situation perfectly printed out and spelled out in scripture. Maybe you don't see your name written in, uh, you know, Ezekiel. How does God lead me directionally? Well, it's very simple. You do what I was just describing a few moments ago. You walk with him. You take his word. You're, you're meditating on it and you're rehearsing it. And in that process, something in the word that you are reading is going to jump out at you, make itself known to you. And in that instant, you're going to have a knowing in your heart, this is the decision that I should go. This is the way that I should go. This is the person I should marry. This is where I should move. This is what job I should get. This is where I should live. So you see, there's, there's both general knowledge and wisdom and specific wisdom that comes out of God's word. He'll give you general insight. Like, hey, if you're married, stay with your wife. Right? Don't look around. <laughs> right? I'm just giving some generalities so that we don't go too deep down the rabbit hole on that particular subject. But if you're married, stay focused. Love your wife. Lay your life down for her. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5. If you're raising kids, the Bible will give you some general rules and guidelines. And here's how you raise good kids. Train them up in the way that they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. So, so the Bible's chock full of general wisdom. And then as I begin to meditate in it, it starts to get real specific. The Bible says the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God's like a scalpel. It goes right down into the place it needs to get to in your life. So the word of God is perfect truth. Number two, the word of God is directional. Number three, the word of God is wisdom. Whenever you have God's word on an issue, you literally have God's wisdom on that issue. You literally have God on that issue. Listen to this. This one, bless me. Psalm 119, starting at verse 98 and going down through verse 100. This is so good. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all of my teachers, for your testimony. And more than the ancients because you because I keep your precepts that you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies wow see sometimes we glorify the devil for being so clever oh you know the devil he's such a sly dog always weaving into things. No, the word of God will make you wiser than every scheme that the enemy could ever devise against you. 
against your marriage, against your family, against your children, against your life. I love that last line. I understand more than the ancients because of your precepts. There's a huge movement among men today in America to study the Stoics. I don't know if you've picked up on this, but there's a big movement of men. They're, go, you know, they're studying after Plato and Socrates and Aristotle and, and Seneca and all these Stoic ancient Greek guys. I got to that scripture and I'm like, I'm smarter than Aristotle. I'm smarter than Plato. Why? Plato didn't have the Holy Ghost on the inside of him. I do. I got the word of God living and powerful at my disposal 24 hours a day. I can be smarter than the ancients, man. Glory to God. Number four, the word of God is relevant. The word of God is relevant. I quoted this a moment ago, but I quote it again. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's word is eternally relevant because it's living. And it's as sharp now as the day the writer of Hebrews wrote down that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's just as sharp now than it ever has been. You know what that, why that's important? Because it means that the word of God never loses its relevancy. There are so many people today that are trying to take the Bible and make it relevant. You can't do that. The Bible was relevant before you were born. It'll be relevant after we're gone. We need to be like Timothy. Preach the word in season and out of season ready to give an answer, ready to give a correction, ready to give whatever's required of us in the moment. Why? Because we've spent so much time being led by the Spirit in his word. Last point, number five. Well, let me give them to you real quick. The word of God is perfect truth. Number two, the word of God is directional. Number three, the word of God is wisdom. Number four, the word of God is relevant. And number five, the word of God gives you faith. Man, I have grown up in a culture of God-loving, believing Christians who sometimes have the misnomer that our faith is something we are responsible to crank up and to work up and to get it going. Let me jumpstart my faith. Can I tell you how faith comes? Romans chapter, seven, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <laughs> so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> the word of God carries within itself all of the faith that you will ever need to obey the thing that the Lord is leading you into. This is why a person becomes unstoppable when they receive a word that is truly from the Lord. Do you understand the potency of what we're dealing with here? I mean, the word of God is what created the universe. The ground you stand on is here because God spoke it to be so. 
And his word is so laden with his DNA. It's so laden with who he is. His word is so potent with, the, with his very nature and his power that when you read it and when the Holy Spirit gives you revelation of what you're reading, all packed into that bundle is all the faith you will ever need to obey whatever it is he's telling you to do. See, we, we just think that... We just think that we have to stir up our own faith. We think that we have to generate faith. Oh man, I gotta, Frankie, I gotta build my faith. Let me go to the spiritual gym so I can spend time building my faith. Let me do some faith leg presses and some faith curls. And we, and we make faith a mechanical thing, but it's not mechanical. Faith is the divine byproduct of revelation from God's word. When the Holy Spirit breathes on his word and your heart comes alive with revelation. Oh, God just showed me something. God just spoke to me. God just led me. In that moment, all the faith you need has just been put in your heart. Now all you got to do is walk it out. It's really cool when you can start to understand that faith is the product of God's word in your life. You know, I, I, I ate some pizza this week because I love pizza. If you know me, you know I love pizza. It's probably my favorite food of all time. Even bad pizza is pretty good. <laughs> right? I mean, it depends on how bad we're talking about, but seriously, I mean, I love pizza. I didn't get this way by accident. You know how much pizza I had to eat to develop what you're looking at right now? What's my point? What's my point? I am a natural byproduct of the things I feed on. I'm a natural byproduct of the things I feed on. I like local lion donuts. The more I eat of them, the more of me there is to share. Do you think I'm at home praying, Lord, I hope I can add a few more pounds this week. No, all I do is just eat some pizza and donuts and the pounds show up on their own. What's my point? You don't have to go into your closet and beg God for more faith. You just have to consume the word that he's already given you, already loaded with all the faith that you'll ever need. And all of a sudden, you'll wake up six weeks later and go, how is it that I'm believing God for stuff I thought was impossible a month ago? It's real simple. I just fed on his word and I became a product of his word. Hallelujah. I want to challenge you this week. Next week, we're going to talk about the, well, not next week, Pastor Ken's going to be here, but the following week, we're going to continue this series and we're going to talk about the leading of the inward witness of God's spirit. So if you thought today was good, two weeks is going to be really good. But here's our assignment this week, because I know we love assignments and I know that people love to be told what to do. So here's, here's our assignment this week. I want you to intentionally rehearse God's word every day. I 
want you to rehearse his word. I want you to do this because this has been one of the best exercises in my own life and people that I've counseled in my years thus far. I want you to get in God's word and sit with it and stay with it until you begin to hear him speaking out of it. I want you to go to whatever passage you want to go to, whatever, wherever you're feeling like, uh, you know, led. You can start with the book of John. The book of John's a great place to start if you really want to hear from God. Maybe you could read the book of Ephesians. There's a lot of, a lot of great wisdom in there. But I want you to find a spot, and I, and I don't want you, listen, I know we got devotionals, and we got daily entries, and all this kind of stuff. We do devotionals with our kids on, on the, you know, every morning we sit on the couch together, and I, I, I want us to break out of that for just a minute, because I don't want you to just get your devotional scripture for today. Okay, Ephesians 2.8. I got it for today. I read it. It takes me 16 seconds. I read the little journal entry blurb, and boom, I'm on my way to work. I want us to be a little more intentional than that this week. I want you to get into a passage. I want you to start reading, and I want you to keep reading until you hear the Lord speak to you out of that. Why? What are we doing? We're training ourselves to hear from God. Oh, it might start out so dry. Especially if you pick like Leviticus or something. I would encourage you to read from the New Testament, at least for this exercise. But, but get into the Word and just, just commit this. Lord, even if it takes me 10 minutes, if it takes me 20 minutes, whatever, commit some time to God and say, I'm going to start reading and I'm going to stay with it until I hear you speak to me. It could happen after 30 seconds. It could happen after 30 minutes. But when it does, rest assured with 100% clarity and 100% surety, it will be the thing he wants you to hear. It will be the thing that he's been trying to tell you for a while. Get in his word. Stay with him till you hear him speak. Can we do that this week? Let's learn how to be led. Let's learn how to follow the leader together. Amen. Why don't you stand up to your feet? Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose, and make a difference in this world. If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.